This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From our newsroom in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Standard. Is it possible to travel the world without ruining it? This weekend, we're launching a sustainable travel podcast in partnership with Ibuda Star Hotels and Resorts, asking how people can take the holidays they want, but reduce their impact on the environment. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be giving tips on destinations, how to travel, what to take with you and what to do when you're there. It's not as hard or as expensive as you might think. The show will be available right here on this very channel from Saturday, so you don't need to do a thing, except maybe hit that follow button, but you should do that anyway. It's being presented by The Standard's John Weeks and veteran travel journalist Juliet Kinsman. I spoke to Juliet about some of the things they have coming up. I would have spoken to John too, but he's literally on holiday right now. Sustainably, of course. Juliet, I want to be a sustainable traveller. I really, really do. But every option in front of me looks like I'm, I'm affecting the environment some way. Is it possible to be a sustainable traveller but to go around the world. That's so true. We all get paralyzed, don't we, worrying. There's so many things to consider and weigh up. I think, really, you you look at any option, whether you're in the supermarket choosing some food or whether you're choosing a holiday, thinking, how is this helpful or, mm. or leading to positive results, either for nature or a local community? And it's just, when you when you break it down like that, it's much easier to navigate. Have you always been a sustainable traveller or is this something that you kind of realise? as you? Because how long have you been a journalist, travel journalist for? Uh, more than 20 years. Yeah, that's quite a while. <laughs> 20 years ago to compare to now, is it easier? That is such a great question, actually. So have people always ask me, when did you get into sustainability? Mm. It, I didn't. It's, it was the way I was brought up. Northern grandparents, you know, World War II mentality, save everything. My grandfather was an engineer and he just really said, you know, 
don't keep using these plastic bags. Where are they going to end up? So that, that's how I was brought up. I have not always been a sustainable traveler, that's for sure. I was founding editor of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which just celebrates uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot about luxury, beautiful boutique hotel, more is more indulgence. Um, but I realized in 2015 was when I really noticed there is a new breed of hotel that was doing wonderful things for its local community socioeconomically or, you know, whether it was Ushua in Brazil, which um, they created a Capoeira Academy, which was so helpful to the young adults in, in Trancosome in Bahia. What's so, that? A capo- yeah. What, what well, is so, that? So Capoeira, it's, it's kind of a Brazilian martial art. It's like a dance. I was walking through, I think, Paris the other day, and I saw a group of, of young people practicing it there. It's, it's pretty wonderful to watch. But if you imagine, sometimes people think of sustainability they just think it's about not flying or solar panels. It's about so much more when it comes to opportunities, giving opportunities to people, young, particularly young people in areas, you know, which, which financially are challenged, uh, giving them purpose, bringing them together, giving them a sense of dignity, whatever it is that a hotel does. Travel in itself is actually, it's important. You know, we think about it as just going on holiday. And absolutely, yes, we're going on holiday, we're going to relax. But having a great travel destination can be transformative for an area, can't it? And it can work for the people who live around there and the shops and the tradesmen that, 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 that live in these areas where people are going to. It's kind of important that we travel. I love to hear you say that, David. Thank you for using the word transformative. Because if you think in our world of 8 billion people and 1 in 10 people is employed in tourism, those remote communities, perhaps the ones even most vulnerable to the climate crisis, really rely on tourism money uh, to, well, (laughs) help them survive. And so I think People love to have very, you know, binary solutions and conversations, but it's it's complicated. It's weighing it up. If you're going somewhere and leaving money in local pockets, and and you're you're somebody who has money, giving it to someone who does not and needs it, that that's a great thing. So if I want to head away somewhere and I've not got anything booked, I'm going to go right this year. Let's say for Christmas, I'm going to try and do something sustainably. Where do I start? Is it the destination or is it the travel? Where do I begin? You said Christmas, which is probably peak, high season for most contexts of travel. So what I would urge you to do is actually go somewhere where it's not peak season at Christmas, somewhere where you are more of a help than a hindrance as a traveler, perhaps helping them at a time when, when everyone else is all, you know, living it up in the most popular destinations. So that's what we call redistributed travel, or it's this counter to over-tourism. So yeah, it may, might not be the, the weather you're expecting, but let's be honest, the weather's all messed up anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows what we're going to get. So where is good that's off the beaten track? What sorts of countries or places should we be going to or could we be looking at going to? So everybody talks about bucket lists, tick lists or or Instagrammable places that are famous. Really, that goes against being sustainable. You want to find a community or a destination which is off the beaten track. So instead of going to the obvious, let's say Peru, instead of going to Machu Picchu, (laughs) although actually it became a bit complicated after the pandemic, they really needed us to go back there. But let's say it's leveling it out. Try and find a community um, that that, where you're you're genuinely helping. So G Adventures, uh, I love their trips. They have social impact led trips or or the term we use in in sustainability is community-based tourism. 
-hmm. And so they might have a trip which takes you to Sacred Valley to a specific little village where you get to meet weavers and support their you know, artisanal crafts or they've set up a cafe just for tourists. That's when you're actually helping because otherwise they just wouldn't have that revenue and that in turn might pay for their kids to go to school yeah i would love to do that go, Let's on, go. go, on, go. yeah shall we <laughs> shall we that's well, the way no, we're supposed to be going for an ad break anyway right now so let's go well juliet me you're off to peru here's a clip from this week's sustainable travel episode where she's talking to the standards john weeks about how we can reduce plastic during our trip And there's a really good example of plastic wrapping, which personally I can't stand, which is the stuff that you wrap around your suitcase at the airport. Another easy way of avoiding plastic, right? Oh my gosh, that absolutely gives me shivers when you're standing there at the baggage carousel, watching them coming out completely wrapped, wrapped, wrapped in all that plastic. Why do people do that? What do you think the reasons are? I I honestly don't know. I think they think that it's going to get damaged. You just need to get a really good quality, long lasting suitcase, hard shell suitcase, and you don't need that stuff back after these. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. How do I get there, though? Should I take a plane? Should I take a boat? Does it matter? Or is there an element of, you know, we there, there will be some effect on the environment, so you have to mitigate that another way? So the biggest contribution to our own personal carbon footprints is probably always going to be flying. And the most frequent flyers, we should be wagging our fingers at them. There shouldn't be frequent flyer rewards. There should be levies, I think. But, however, when you look at aviation and you look at the people who just travel once a year, let's say, that 2.5% of all global emissions coming from aviation is not as significant as other sectors, let's say shipping, Mm -hmm. let's say agriculture. So as long as you're really making those emissions count for something, um, some tricks and tips when it does come to flying – We don't have a silver bullet yet. You know, people will talk about hydrogen, but it's still in the distance. I did read today that somebody's converting sewage into a biofuel for planes. But I need to dig (laughs) dig into that. Don't know about beyond that plane. I don't want to be stuck with a lot of sewage at 40,000 feet. Well, I mean, so... A good trick, though, is to always fly direct. So when I went to Costa Rica, instead of routing me through Miami, it's obviously the taking off and landing part that's going to burn the most emissions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it gets you off the hook, but I'm just saying it's a little bit better and a little bit more responsible. Obviously, switching train journeys instead. I personally always travel around Europe by train. I try not to fly. Uh, And I've even come back from Morocco by train, Slovenia. It's great. Unfortunately, as we know, Those short flights can be a bargain sometimes. It's very seductive. We need to stop the binge flying. (laughs) And I will say, you know, taking the train can be more expensive. It's about planning. It's about accepting that you're going to make the journey part of the actual holiday, the trip, and enjoying that. So next time I've got my, my, my holiday booked already, we're going to, my wife's American and we're going to the States, but we're taking a cruise. We're taking a ferry over there. 
Am I winning green points by taking a boat instead of flying over to the US? Wow, no one's ever put it to me quite like that before. I'm afraid cruises are not good for lots and lots of reasons. It's very hard to ever uh, find a way. Yeah, you'd think by going by boat. No, I'm afraid that cruise liners, unfortunately, as a way of traveling, because mostly to do this idea of the economics of sustainability, they like to keep you on board. You might stop, dock at a port. Mm. I saw, I was in Crete the other day and I saw 4,000. Crete the other day. (laughs) I was was there for a conference actually around sustainability. So you're working, that's fine then. Well, it's net positive, (laughs) that's what I always say. You know, if I can influence, I was there with EasyJet holidays and various, if I can influence the the mainstream to do better but i was in crete the other day and i saw four thousand people well, i didn't see every one of them but that's what i was told coming off a cruise liner they walked through well filled up the tiny little streets of Hanya. uh did they spend money locally i don't think they did and so this is the problem with cruising but you're you're just going you're that's kind of cool you're going to america yeah going to see the family but we're taking a boat over instead of flying because i don't particularly like flying and also we can take the dog <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's why I encourage people yeah. to take the train. And also accessibility. You know, um, people who are in a wheelchair are going to find it much easier to travel by train. And that's also part of the sustainability com- conversation is, is really making sure that all travel is accessible to everybody. Now, you have a podcast with John Weeks from the audio team, which is launching this weekend. What's going to be in that? Yes, I'm really excited. I had loads of conversations with John, and we also spoke to some experts, some of my favorites. UCL's Mark Maslin, he's a professor of the Earth System Science. He's also author of How to Save Our Planet, The Facts. He chatted to us about how we can make our travel experiences even more sustainable. Make sure that you're going to a place whereby the actual hotel or the hostel is actually really thinking about sustainability. Do they actually recycle their water? Do they think about the water? Are they actually really making sure that they're looking after the local environment? Are they engaging with the locals? Are the people working in that hotel or that sort of like accommodation Are they locals or are they people that have just been shipped in from the local city? And we spoke to Phoebe Smith. She wrote a great article on travelling sustainably on a budget. And there's going to be a whole load of articles online and newspapers getting involved. What do you want people to get out of this? So I think people have a certain perception of what sustainable travel means. They think long drop toilets. They think it's those, you know, eco cabins in the past. We certainly can recommend those. This is more about realizing every decision we make. Well, I'm going to quote that, that wise philosopher, Ted Lasso. Every choice is a chance. And so whether it's a hotel we're booking, how we're getting somewhere, whether it's work, whether it's with family on our own, we can make choices that are either lower carbon or are actually leaving money with local communities. And that's the standard. The Sustainable Travel Series starts right here on this very channel on Saturday and continues every week. Hit your follow button now so you don't miss it. Episode one has a checklist for climate-friendly travelling. And John and Juliet talk to UCL climatologist Professor Mark Maslin about how travelling affects the environment and why tourism is important to local people. There's a great story about how the Maasai tribe in Kenya are taking advantage of it. There'll also be articles in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. See you then.